Hey creators of the world, welcome to the Cosmic Creator Cast. My name is Rachel and I will be your guide. Hey there everyone, welcome back to the Cosmic Creator Cast. First of all, I just want to thank everyone out there who has tuned in to the first episode. I've received such awesome feedback and response from sharing a part of my story with you. And it just makes me so happy to see that you are enjoying the podcast so far and that you're tuning in and that you're ready for more. And I just have to tell you, so am I. (laughs) I am so ready to get this rocket launching, uh, interviewing some amazing amazing people and the first of which you're going to hear today. The guest that we have on today is one of my closest friends. We've been friends for almost 10 years now probably and she is just one of the most creative people I've ever met and I really admire how she uses her creativity to explore her identity. And that is, of course, today's theme, creativity and identity. And we just had a really amazing conversation around creativity and identity. And I will say that I feel like when we recorded this interview, I was having a bit of trouble speaking personally. I don't know. It was like I knew what questions I wanted to ask, but I was having difficulty (laughs) saying them in the right way. But luckily, Marina was just such a superstar and she carried the conversation and she totally knew what I was trying to ask and it just came out so beautifully. She totally rocked it and so apologies for me in advance for sounding strange. I also am consciously aware of how many times I say like and um and you know and I'm really consciously trying to get better at that because listening back to it it is so freaking annoying (laughs) because I literally say it every two seconds. But I'm, I'm working on it, and that is a goal for me to get better at consciously speaking more directly throughout the process of this podcast. But anyway, I am learning pains because this is the first time I've created a podcast. First time I've launched a podcast, first time I've edited a podcast. So, you know, I would say we're doing okay All right, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest. Her name is Marina Murad, and she is an award-winning Iraqi-American designer and art director living in Los Angeles. Currently, she is a senior art director at Glow Ad Agency, working on entertainment marketing for TV and serves on the board of directors at AIGA Los Angeles as a marketing director mentoring young designers. After escaping Baghdad, Iraq with her family, she immigrated to Redlands, California via Amman, Jordan. 
After earning a BA in fine art from University of California, Riverside, she moved to Los Angeles to study graphic design at Art Center College of Design, then completed her MFA degree at Otis College of Art and Design, which is where we met. She also studied in Amsterdam, mentoring under prominent Dutch design figures and touring various design studios, participating in workshops and lectures. Murad's work has been shown on the covers of Adweek and Advertising Age magazines. Her past clients have included Apple, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Mattel Games, Snapchat, Google, Verizon Media, DC Comics, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, Live Nation, Disney, The Hollywood Reporter, Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County, and various Los Angeles-based startups and businesses. In her free time, she likes to stay up to date with California's vibrant art scene, visiting art galleries, and participating in exhibitions. Murad pushes herself both mentally and physically by learning to fly a Cessna and with strength training. Wow, is there literally anything she cannot do? I don't think so. (laughs) But no, what an introduction. She's awesome, and you all are going to love, love, love this episode. So please enjoy creativity and identity with Marina Murad. Hi, Marina. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Cosmic Creator cast. Thank Thank you so much for coming and for agreeing to be interviewed on my little podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to be your first interviewee. <laughs> um, so I knew like immediately I had to have you um, because we've been friends for a long time and you are one of the most creative people that I've ever met and I had to get you on and that we would talk about awesome things. Indeed. So, I'm ready. Yes. Okay. So your theme that you curated for your episode Mm-hmm. is around creativity and identity. And for as long as I've known you, I've definitely seen a shift in the way that you have started to incorporate your cultural identity into your creative work. So I would love to start by asking you to describe around when and how that started to come into your your awareness like what made you kind of start to push wanting to bring more of your cultural identity into your creativity into your creative work and what was that experience like for you yeah um so just to give you and your audience context um i'm iraqi i was originally born there and i came to the states when i was eight and a half um after the gulf war and i came with my family i was lucky to have come with my family um and being here in the states as a child i started to feel like i was isolated because i didn't know how to speak english so i would just delve into my notebook and start drawing Um, Fast forward into high school, I started seeing that I have a skill set or talent. So I just started painting. And um, when I was in college, I started exploring the theme of identity work um, only because I wanted to deal with my trauma. It was a way for me to deal with it. Like it was a therapy for me. 
Um, so in my undergrad, I studied fine art with the dismay of my immigrant Iraqi parents. <laughs> and, um, you know, they saw the talent, they were encouraging of it at the time and um, still are. Um, but yeah, I started exploring my identity work and doing work along with the um, Gulf War in Iraq and mm -hmm. my, my identity related to that. Fast forward, as I delved into graphic design and got my MFA in graphic design, which is where I met you, I kind of wanted to disconnect myself from that entirely and just focus on like doing graphic design work that's not related to my culture or identity. And it's not until now that I've recently started going back into it. And it's still kind of like a resistance for me. But that's basically to sum up everything. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. I've definitely been connected with you on a couple different parts of the journey. So in, in college, you, you started to explore it. And then you said there was like kind of a moment like when we were in graduate school together where you kind of like put it to the side and just kind of focused on your other creative work I guess like your your design work how were you able to like what was your mindset of like okay like what was the I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to say this what was like, the like the shift that made me not want to go into my cultural identity work yes yes what was I, happening around that time that kind of wanted you yeah like push the shift that's a really good question and I think that has to do um after 9-11 happened. 9-11 mm. um, happened when I was still in high school, but I still pursued my identity work in college. And then after I finished my MFA in graphic design with you, which is where I met you, um, I made my portfolio. And I remember asking my dad, hey, dad, check out my, my portfolio, my website. And it said that I'm originally from Iraq. And he's like, no, don't put that in there. And I was like, what? But I thought we're proud to be where we are from and all these things, you know? And then he's like, no, don't put that in there because of the stigma. You might get like somebody that doesn't like that area or they might discriminate against you. So just don't put that. Mm. And ever since that moment, I just felt like, oh, snap, like I'm proud of who I am. And if anybody asks me, of course, I'll share my story. But then there's the lexicon that the Western media uses against my people <laughs> and you know, when, when you look up Iraq, it's just like destruction and bombing and war. When there was actually so much history associated with it, um, you know, we're like the cradle of civilization. This is where civilization started. We, we invented the wheel, we invented mathematics. We, we invented the first handwritten stone, <laughs> you know, like all these yeah. amazing history and people just don't recognize that. And then now with the Ukrainian war, the lexicon used again in Western media calling us uncivilized and what have you, I began to speak up more. Just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like slow baby steps. Like I've been speaking up on my social media. I'm in on the board of AIGALA, which is the Professional Association of Design, as you know. And I've started to vocalize my concerns about certain matters. Like how do we get to pick what, what we speak about? Is it because it's trending in media? Or, you know, like there are other atrocities happening in the world. And because they reoccur in that certain geographical area, people just get used to it and say, oh, well, that's normal. That always happens mm -hmm. there, you know. Right. 
So I don't know, for me, I'm just like slowly baby steps beginning to unravel that and using my ancestral history to um, just make fun work. So I started uh, creating NFTs uh, called Assyrian punks (laughs) and it's basically taking that history and making it modern and fun and just, I'm just having fun with it. It's basically, I'm basically culturally appropriating my own culture. (laughs) It makes sense. Um, and that's just for me as a way of like, it's like a tool for me to express myself outside of my professional work, which is all purely advertising. And I have played around with some work that is related to advertising, but I kind of like hit it away from society because I don't want to post about it because it was considered quote unquote risque, but it's still kind of like a struggle for me to be honest, because I have my personal identity as an Iraqi at home. And then I have my outside identity, which is, you know, this Americanized Western girl who's educated here and trying to make her way and figure out her way in the (laughs) creative world, I guess. Yeah. And and I want to ask you a little bit more about like the creation process itself, how you weave your cultural identity into the work itself like your creative process of what you're inspired by with your culture and how you integrate it into the work? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think when I first started out in, um, I think I I started out in high school to like really delve into my culture because I was trying to cope with 9-11 and Um, There was a piece that Jasper John had done, and it was the American flag. And if you look closely, there's newspaper articles under it. I forgot what the news articles were exactly. So I kind of mimicked that, and I took news clippings from 9-11, because I was really heartbroken when that happened, of course. You know, like, we left Iraq for the reason because we were terrorized, and that yet we come here in the States, and then there was terror, you know? Like, it's, it's like so complex to describe or explain so I was trying to deal with it as a high school student and I created this collage of news article and painted it like an American flag and I think that was really my first piece of really trying to make connection of it somehow like using my American culture and what I learned from American artists and implementing that from my perspective um And then fast forward in college, when I was working on my thesis, it was more of dealing with my identity as an Iraqi and the culture of like trying to blend in in the West when I have these Eastern influences. And one of my pieces were, I will not marry into your culture. (laughs) And that could be a binary meaning, which means I don't want to be Iraqi anymore. I want to be American. Or maybe I don't want to be American. Maybe I want to be Iraqi. And it was like that play of words, I guess. Yeah. And then it was like so literal. <laughs> that work is like so, <laughs> so embarrassing to show. But um, what ended up happening, they were large paintings. Um, I think they were like, I don't remember how big they were, but I ended up taking them to San Francisco for the Arab Film Festival for a fundraising, for a fundraising event. And um, they got sold there which was really cool um so you know that felt good and then I remember somebody telling me there they're like you don't have to use your identity to become who you need to become 
And I was like, mm. what is that supposed to mean? Wow. And then I had my, my favorite professors, Charles Long, Charles Long, who's a sculptor, a well-known sculptor. He had told me, um, you know, you could use your identity to become something here. And I'm like, what? I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I kind of yeah. did like a step away from all of that, <laughs> especially mm. when we were in grad school. I was like, by the way, I was horrible in grad school because I was going through some major changes, like first time moving out as a Middle Eastern girl, like trying to, you know, make it living on my own and then like going to art school, which is also very traumatic, as you know, <laughs> like trying to yes. do that change. It's a lot. And it's not like you're, you're an, you know, undergrad art school where you can just blend in. This is like, everybody knows what you're doing. Everybody's got your eyes, their eyes on you. And it's in the master's program. It's like, it's so much pressure. And even though I got told by the, our department chair, like, oh, you should use your identity. And I thought that was kind of like a cop-out for me at the time, because I was like, oh, you're just trying to show off the diversity of your students. But I'm really, I really identify more American here. So saying that, oh, you're Iraqi doing this, you know, work. Like, I didn't want to be associated with that. I felt like I wanted to step away from it. And I had a lot of failed projects. I will say that in grad school. <laughs> I don't think anything good came out of it, except maybe our, our study abroad in Amsterdam, uh, <laughs> which was a really cool experience. But I felt like this immense pressure to do some identity work. So because of that mm. reason, I rebelled against it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like identity in this case is, it's like a double-edged sword, and you can mm -hmm. either use it as, a we like, a weapon. Like, I, I definitely think there are instances where people's identities are weaponized and exploited yeah, exactly. for the sake of... Of, like, clout. <laughs> Yeah, academia or some shit. Yeah, yeah. And I have I have some artist friends who um are not necessarily born here, or not necessarily um or sorry they're born here, and they they try so hard to connect to their culture and like they go abroad and they live there for one month and they think they know everything and they come back and it's almost like they're seeking out these puzzle these puzzle pieces to try to make sense of their identity and then they make all this identity work based off of living it in diaspora <laughs> you know right and then, and then like at the same time when they're doing that I feel like I have already that experience and I could talk about it so why not use it to talk about it yeah I I almost see for you it's like you have come to a place where you are wanting to inject more of your cultural identity into who you are and how you show up in the world, which includes like what you create, but you're not showing up saying like, I make work like just based on that. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's you don't make I you do make identity work because whatever you're going to make is going to have your identity imprinted into it, but that's not the main purpose of your creative work. Exactly. Yeah, correct. It, yeah, so that's that's wild. So that's why I, I'm curious about like during this – so this shift from like the point where you were like, okay, I'm going to kind of just put the identity – thing to the side and then in more recent years as you as you started to kind of unearth this exploration again for yourself what has 
that process been like? Yeah. Um, so I think it's very interesting that you asked that question. Um, I think it happened during uh, the BLM moment when all the um, companies and organizations were posting their generic BLM post, just being very tippy toey about what the words they use and, you know, the image they use with those words. And I called out an organization that I'm a part of now, AIGALA, <laughs> um, because a few years back I had um, wanted to be in their diversity and inclusion group before even that became a popular thing with companies and, you know, became a, th a thing, you know. Um, and they kind of laughed on my face because I've never done volunteer experience. And some people called out like, oh, you don't know that people of color are typically excluded or don't have access to volunteering. Like after grad school, I had to move back home to and waited till I found a full-time job before I moved back to Los Angeles. And so I couldn't actually make that commute of 80 miles to <laughs> just give my time away, you know? Yeah. Um, so long story short, somebody saw my comment um, and he invited me, he's actually Iraqi and he invited me to join a group of Assyrian artists. Assyrians mm. are um, an old um, nationality, ancient nationality that was based in Iraq. And I'm probably butchering this because, <laughs> but um, I don't identify personally as Assyrian. I don't speak the Assyrian language, but I would call them my, you know, distant cousins basically. And so I joined this group and they were doing this, um, this, uh, the first project was like, would they give each person a project, like a brief? And we all do the same thing, but based on our styles. And the first one was based on a deity. And I chose Ishtar, the goddess of love, war, and sex. And it, basically we have deities, just like the Greeks have deities, Greek gods. And this was like, of course, before the Greeks, um, but it's not well known in the world. So I took a picture of myself and I positioned myself as Ishtar with her jewels. I photoshopped it in with the background of the gate of Ishtar and it circled around the internet. And then I gained the, I gained like followers because of it. And I think, I think really with our, with my people, everybody lives in diaspora and they want to know what everybody's up to mm. truthfully or like how they live their life. Yeah. And I think that's why I got the following. And then I started following them back because, oh, I want to know what an Iraqi, you know, college student is up to in Iraq. Or I want to know what this person in diaspora is doing. And she's an artist in Germany. And then it became like a community of artists. And then when social injustices were happening in the world, we were like posting on the same stuff, copying each other, posting the same stuff and just became kind of a community. And I found solace in this. I found, yeah. I found it to be like a cool community. And I didn't care if they were judging me and my lifestyle because <laughs> sometimes I post stuff that's like <gasps> jaw dropping for, their, for the culture or something. But it's to the Western culture would be like normal, would be considered normal. So I started playing with the idea of like, oh, I should just make stuff and let me, you know, play around with NFTs. And I, I've kind of like left it alone for a while, but I'm going to slowly get back into it. And it's been fun. I don't know. For me, it's not for cloud or anything. It's just a personal, you know, project to just do stuff and have fun with it. So it's a way to to stay connected to your cultural identity and create creative work which is like 
what you have to do. You know, yeah, you're yeah. creative and you're going to make work regardless. Yeah. So I think it's it's an interesting contrast where you started, you know, you were creating like you were just starting to explore your identity through creative work. And, and you said like you, you maybe made some like very obvious or literal kind of interpretations of it. And then having that period where you were just kind of like letting it all integrate and simmer and then finding this group of artists that have inspired you to, to start to put that back out there again. It's like this process of like, like it's like a alchemical process of like <laughs> integrating everything into so now now that you're like able to understand everything that that you've done so far how you approach it now is is more connected to like what you want to do and how you want to create and what you yeah. want to share as opposed to maybe like what you might feel like pressured to or like yeah based off of what somebody says you should do with your identity is that like a correct yeah I think you're reflection? right on that like I think because I don't have somebody telling me oh you should do identity work that it just came to me and my personal decision which makes me motivated to just work on it for me yeah um and that's very personal like um you know obviously my family and I has have trauma from war and I've been seeking an EMDR therapist to try to work that out. I started out uh, during the pandemic in 2020 and had to dump my white therapist. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. And that whole ordeal, you remember, um, there was a game that came out. Um, it was soldiers, American soldiers coming into Fallujah, which is an actual event that happened. And the game had started out with a Japanese company and they noticed that it's like, oh, shit, this is this is like bad. We shouldn't, you know, publish this game. So they put it aside. And then some white dude in America decided, oh, this is a good idea. <laughs> and they republished it. And so there were like signatures going around to stop this from being published. And I was really upset because Iraq is not a video game. Right. You know, this shit happened and America was illegally there for obvious reasons, oil stole $600 billion from our assets. Our people are left with no resources, no jobs, nothing. And here America's profiting even more with a video game that's allowing violence to continue in Iraq. Yeah. And so I was talking to my therapist about it and this, he was, he made it about himself and he was asking me questions like, Oh, do you think I'm biased? And da, 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 da. do you think all Americans think that they're, that, you know, they're against Iraq? I'm like, dude, no, stop right there. Stop. <laughs> You're negating my experience. I don't need you to use what you learned in school to try to give me a different perspective. This is my experience. This is how I feel. You need to shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so like just these, I mean, it took me like months till I actually you know, started researching more therapists and I was hanging out with an old friend from Otis. Actually, we started hiking together during the pandemic and she had mentioned she was going to art therapy, a uh, school for art therapy. Mm. And she had mentioned to me EMDR therapy. And I had like seen that somewhere in some person that I follow on Instagram and I was curious about it. So I started and that's been really helpful to try to get my emotions out 
and um, I might channel my work through that eventually. I yeah, think. I, I want to talk a little, just a little bit more because you mentioned um, like this idea of like a push and a pull of creating work in particularly like in Western culture. And I want to explore that a little bit more because I also know just knowing you as a person, you also want to make work that can be provocative sometimes, even yeah. separate from the provocativeness of the cultural topic or the political topic. Like, I think uh, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that you have an interest in making work that is a bit provocative. So how do you kind of reconcile this wanting to make work about what you want to make work on, like identity related or not, with the kind of pressure of like, the point of view that it's coming from who you're speaking to how people are going to perceive it, like all of that other like shit that we have to yeah. deal with. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, like what what has I what mean, has that experience been like? I think you? in yeah, I think in my professional life, I'm not shy with doing provocative work. Um, I'll do it and then it gets published and we call it a day. But yeah. if it comes to personal work, like um, a couple of years ago with our mutual friend Joy Scopa, she had um an art show in New York and they invited me. And the theme of the art show was called We're Fucked. <laughs> yeah. And this was back in like I don't know, 2018 or 2019. I don't even remember. No, it was 2018. And um, I and you can interpret that theme of the show any way you want. And so I did this piece and it had like cuss words on it and stuff like that. And it was just like actually hired your friend Megan to photograph me. And then I um, masked myself out and put myself in backgrounds and words and stuff like that. And um, my parents knew that I was going to an art show in New York, but they didn't know what my work was about until I sent them photos of my friends, you know, around my work. And my mom was like, you better not post this on social media. This is very Arab, which is uh, Arabic word for shameful. Mm, <laughs> and wow. I was like, are you for real? And so then like I did. And post it on you included like parts of your identity into this work as well. Like I remember you included like some Arabic words and yeah, but it also was talking about topics that in the West we're experiencing too. Like it has a a Cheeto named me, a Cheeto. (laughs) Yeah. It was political. Um, It was about the gender pay gap and it was, you know, sexism in the culture, like you, I have a lot of men call me Habibi and it's like, I'm not your Habibi. I'm not your sweetheart. Yeah. Like, yeah. Call me that so shit. I feel like this project, and by the way, we're going to have to share like all of these <laughs> projects with people so they know what we're talking about. But I feel like personally, this project was really like kind of a catalyst for you. Like I hadn't really seen you incorporate your cultural identity into like a personal project in this way before Mm -hmm. and it really like this project in particular really feels like that cultural like or that like catalyst for like what was to follow yeah so like I remember I had posted it on Instagram and I was dating men from my culture and when they saw that they were like what 
oh my god and they were like super conservative didn't get it yeah and I think that was the catalyst of when I decided I no longer want to date men (laughs) my culture (laughs) for many other many reasons but um yeah I did end up taking down that work from my Instagram uh just I I usually do that I post stuff and then I take it down and I get self-conscious um but that work is in my website marinamarad.com yeah we'll we'll definitely have to direct people there (laughs) so they can see so like not only are you dealing with the response from just like society at large Mm -hmm. but you have a response coming from your specific culture from your family from you know social media so it's it's definitely like a lot to reflect on yeah and I'm still I'm still in that like shy spot like I want to come out but like I haven't yet yeah um there are still a lot I want to do um but I haven't yet so I don't know maybe this year will be the year where I do shit you know <laughs> what kinds of things have you been thinking about wanting to wanting to create if I think aside from the Assyrian punks um I want to create something that is more with my identity maybe with my body Mm. because I've gone through some personal illnesses and I want to talk about that and you know just the stigma of a woman's body how it has to be a certain way or things like that. So I definitely want to explore the body in Eastern culture, but in Western culture, (laughs) the body of an Eastern culture person (laughs) into the West. I don't know what that is yet. Yeah. I have no idea what it looks like, um, but something like that. Now it feels like you're opening yourself up to exploring all of the different parts of your identity not just the cultural one, not just the assimilated one, but like who you actually are as like a person and a human being. And it's all coming together in in the way that you express yourself and in the way that you create. Yeah. I think this is just the beginning. Yeah. There's a lot more that I need to show the world that I haven't done. And it's been people like you and our circle of friends who have been encouraging me to use that power. And I've yeah. been kind of resistant because of that. Oh, what if somebody thinks of me as this? Or what if my family member sees it and they're like, oh, you know, she's a slut or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I kind of don't give a shit anymore. Yes. You know? So what would you say to someone who is also wanting to explore their cultural identity through maybe like a creative outlet but maybe they don't really know like where to start how to approach that I would say start doing research on people who have explored um identities within their work like Mm -hmm. when I was in art school one of the people one of the artists that I looked up to was Sharon Nashat even though she's from Iran which is a completely different culture and country Um, she came here and immigrated in the seventies and then used her identity as a Muslim woman to speak about her culture and her work is so moving. I mean, I remember going to the Broad museum and I was just like, oh my God, I finally see this work in the context that it should be lived in. 
because I would just like Google stuff and I would find like random old video on YouTube or whatever. And she was literally like my inspiration. Um, as the internet grew, oh my gosh, I'm so old. <laughs> as the internet grew, <laughs> the internet grew, <laughs> and there was more uh, stuff being put on there for everything from MySpace, Tumblr, and then you know Instagram, and then Behance, and all these other tools, Pinterest. Uh, more identity work started surfacing from all different kinds of culture, Asian, um, Indian. And then seeing all of those works really inspired me. But then I would just, I would just start searching from there yeah. and then just start creating and then look for elements and symbols that, associ- that are associated with your religion or culture, and then start using that in your work and see how it goes. And then what was kind of like, what about the tipping point between like, okay, creating it is one thing and then sharing it is like another thing (laughs) so like what you know how do you kind of gauge that temperature of like the things that you want to share and the things that you kind of just have for yourself as like a exploration that's a really good question um i would say find good friends like you (laughs) <laughs> you trust and you can just run things over by like through text be like hey what do you think of this and I know we do that a lot with each other with our yeah. projects and stuff and yeah we also used to work together so like we've done that um but finding a community of people that you trust to just show things to but also to kind of call out red flags because you don't I mean it's one thing to do things within your culture and you're offending somebody from that culture, but it's another thing if you're doing something from other person's culture and you're appropriating it because that's wrong. Mm. So, you know, showing, sharing that with friends who are from different backgrounds um, really helps because if I share a symbol that is associated with my culture, it might mean something negative in somebody else's culture. I don't know. Just being mindful of those signs but I think having a community of people really helps. Yeah. Um, I remember like before the pandemic happened, I was supposed to be in an art show and it was supposed to be all women sharing political work. And I was so excited. And I think having a deadline of like an art show or a community space helps me, helps push me to create because I don't want to disappoint. I want to meet that deadline. So having that with friends, I think is important, even if it's a fake deadline that you create within your friends and your community, like, hey, let's create work based on our identity and have like a deadline, a month deadline and check in with each other. Yeah. Creating that structure around mm-hmm. like the creation process, even if it's just like, you know, projects that are for fun. I have yeah. to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. We need to create a deadline. We should. Yeah. We should have like a, a monthly like check-in or something and just yeah. share our creative work with one another. Mm-hmm. But I mean, those, I feel like those are very excellent um, nuggets of, of wisdom and advice. And to anyone who, you know, is wanting to explore their identity more in their creative work, I think that what you what you said is a great place to start and um it's just been such an honor to watch your journey throughout the years and i'm so proud of you thank you i really love seeing you embrace your beautiful culture and it's it's inspired me too you know to integrate more of my own culture 
um, with my connection to Judaism and to, yeah. into my work too. I'm definitely not as, I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing it in different ways. I think, um, it's interesting how two people could, can have such different backgrounds, but still have a connection because everyone has an identity. Everyone Absolutely. comes from somewhere. Everyone has a culture. Everyone has ancestors, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think it's it's a wonderful place to to start. Even if you want to, even if you don't consider yourself creative and you want to start creating more creative work, like that's a, a great place to start just in general too, is like with yeah. who you are. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for, for talking me. to me today. <laughs> Thank you for having I me. I love you so much. I love you too. And asking me all these questions <laughs> when I get up and move my ass and create. <laughs> so I'm glad that this happened. Well, I have the best advice for women in business. It's to get your fucking ass up and work. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I appreciate you. And I knew you had to be like one of the first people that I interviewed on the pod so um thank you again thank you it's been an honor and love you love you too well folks that is it i hope that you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as i enjoyed recording it it was so awesome i'm so glad that this is the first interview that you get to hear on the Cosmic Creator Cast, and we have much more planned for you. I definitely need to find a way to create show notes and potentially a transcript of the episode so that it can be more accessible. And I definitely want to share everything that Marina referenced in the interview with all of you. So I promise I will find a way to do that. And I would love to hear from you. Let's connect. I do not have a website for the podcast currently, but I am building the community on Instagram and TikTok. So you can find me, just search Cosmic Creator and you'll probably see me. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening because you're not going to want to miss what's coming up because it's it's going to be good uh yeah we have a lot more in store and i'm just so glad you're here thank you so much and i will see you all on the flip